In today's episode, we are going to recap our September 17th issue. Stories include the most recent update from President Martin Javier, domestic violence, what is it and where can I find help? SRPD Dispatch Supervisor Marcy Thomas graduates from training program. SRPMIC flu shot campaign to begin in October. And SRFD holds vehicle extrication training event. Let's get into it. Hello and welcome back to the OAN podcast. My name is Jessica Joaquin and my job here at OAN is ad sales slash news reporter. My co-host today is news reporter Marissa Johnson. How are things going, Marissa? Hey, Jess. It's going pretty good. I was going to ask you what you thought of that red sun that we see in the morning. Oh, it's amazing. It's amazing and beautiful. And, you know, I think I think it's been red because of fires, probably. Have you seen those photos from, like, California and the Pacific oh, North, Northwest? Yeah. It just looks terrifying. I feel for all those people. And, you know, like, we tend to get wildfires around here every year. You know, every year it happens, but it just seems like it's completely out of control up there. And it's devastating. It's devastating. To look at those photos, you know. Yeah, it's very apocalyptic. <laughs> for sure, for <laughs> sure. And if and if anything, this year has taught us is that anything can happen. Yeah. <laughs> and we should be prepared for anything. This year has been, there are no words. Like, I mean, if you even, you know, I wonder how we're going to explain it to the future mm-hmm. of what happened in this world. Like, you know, kids who are being born this year, like in 10 years, how would we explain this year? Mm -hmm. Exactly. I thought that the loss of Kobe Bryant in January was going to be the worst thing that happened this year. Yeah. But then it's just like everything escalated after that one thing after another. Now you're hearing about UFOs and life on Venus. I just read about that this morning. So Wow. There's life on Venus? Mm Mm-hmm. No way. What did they get? Like fine bacteria or something? No, they're seeing that, um, I want to say they're torna- tornadoes or air. It's something that is, um, it's not human made, but it's being made by something other than the planet. Whoa, really? Yeah. Oh, I'm going to have to go read up on that. <laughs> I, I try to avoid the news as much as I can just because it's just so much stuff. You know, mm-hmm. so much stuff out there, but I'm going to go read up on that. Yeah, I'm totally into, I'm into that. I've recently, because I got a new phone, so I'm like updating all my apps. I recently got like the star chart. So mm-hmm. I'll just sit outside Ooh. at night and like look up and you could see Saturn. You could see uh, Jupiter, mm-hmm. um, Mars, Venus. Oh, it's fantastic. I love it. I That's love it. Awesome. We, we got some clear skies lately. Yeah, I think the monsoons have kind of dissipated and we got some nice clear skies and the weather is changing finally. <laughs> finally. Yeah, Arizona's Arizona's getting into their beautiful stage right now. Yeah, I'm getting into the season. Yeah, is fall your favorite season? Yes, definitely. Are you, you could uh, just smell pumpkin? I was just going to say, are you a pumpkin pumpkin spice latte type of girl? I don't drink coffee, but I'll eat pumpkin bread and pumpkin cupcakes, pumpkin flavored things. (laughs) My favorite things were pumpkin empanadas. Mm, So good. good. Yeah, I mean, I love pumpkin. Um, Surprisingly, I don't like the smell of it as much, though. That's fall. 
Yeah, I know. It's just too spicy. It makes me sneeze. (laughs) I don't know. It's weird. All right, Marissa, let's get into recapping this episode. Let's start things off with the latest COVID-19 numbers from across the community. These numbers were released September 16th. SRPMIC enrolled community members living within the community boundary. 327 tests have come back positive. 2,491 have come back negative. Currently, there are three community members hospitalized and 17 active cases. SRPMIC enrolled community members who do not reside within the community boundary. 104 tests have come back positive. 748 have come back negative. Three are currently hospitalized. 92 have recovered and there are currently seven active cases. Again, these numbers are updated and released every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. You can find them on SRPMIC's website or the SRPMIC Facebook page. Up next, we have an update from President Martin Harvier that was recorded September 11th. Hello, community members. Uh, I wanted to report that uh, this past um, Wednesday at council, there was some discussion about a Chapter 12 uh, amendment to the animal and fall, uh, fowl ordinance. Uh, that's that that came out some time ago, but because of uh, the COVID-19 and the conditions that we're working in, it's been brought back. Uh, this issue came before uh, meetings with the community members. Input was given. So with that, uh, we just wanted to let you know this is being brought back uh, out to the public for just to remind people about what this actually means. So need you to look for the next uh, newspaper that comes out. And I'm sure on our websites, there'll be information again on chapter 12 on the animal and fowl amendments. And and that really pertains to the uh, abandoned animals, vicious dogs uh, and the leash law. So again, encourage you to uh, look and get that information on what that actually means and the changes that are gonna be uh, made to that uh, chapter 12. I also wanted to um, talk about uh, an important date that's coming up, Uh, the deadline to register to vote in the national and the state election is October 5th. So make sure, again, uh, this is the right that every individual has is to vote. And again, if change is what is wanted, and then please go out and exercise your right to vote. October 5th is the deadline to register to vote for the national and the state elections. So with that, uh, I wanted to uh, again touch on the census. The census workers are out there. Uh, From my understanding, uh, we're we're about 48% here in the community. Uh, Again, we want as many of our community members to participate. So if you see those census workers that come up, they will show you their badge and let them know. They'll let you know why they're there. Please participate in the census. It, it means so much to the community as far as, again, for funding in, in a lot of different areas. So encourage you to do that. In closing, uh, today, September 11th, uh, there's some things that happened in our lifetime that you'll never forget. And September 11th, 19 years ago, was an attack on America in the Twin Towers in New York City. And I think everybody that uh, can remember knows where they were at and how they were feeling that day. 
There was 2,977 lives lost that day. When all the reporting was finished up, we know that the first responders that went that day had no idea what they were going into. Employees that went to work that day didn't know what was gonna happen that day. There was a lot of feelings that, that day on how people were feeling because of loss of loved ones. And I just want you today, to, let's, let's think back and remember those lives that were lost that day on September 11th. Let us never forget. Again, there's things that happen in our lifetime that we never forget. So with that, uh, again, let's continue to pray for our community. Let's pray for our country. And we'll get through this. Remember, chilled up. God bless you. How old were you when September 11, 2001? I think I was in fourth grade. Do you remember the impact of that Not as a really. child? I mean, I remember us watching it inside the classroom. Our teacher was watching it and she had us watch it, but not really knowing why or what was going on. Just knowing that something bad had happened. Wow. Yeah. Well, you know, it's a heavy day for us all, September 11th. And, um, you know, our thoughts were with um, those who lost their lives that day and their families. All right, Marissa, will you want to start us off with our first story today? Yes, I can do that. What is domestic violence and where can I find help? Domestic violence is a term that describes a special type of abuse. Domestic violence is a pattern of behavior that harms a person's family or partner, both physically and emotionally. Domestic violence can be recognized in scenarios that we think little about that can do long-term damage. For example, using someone for money, preventing someone from getting or keeping a job so they won't have money, keeping track of all the money, using intimidating looks or gestures to scare someone, threatening to hurt other family members, threatening to commit suicide when a partner tries to leave, guilt tripping a partner in doing something they do not feel comfortable with or do not want to do, embarrassing or humiliating one's partner. The most critical aspect of fighting domestic violence is asking for help and receiving it. If you are seeking help in any of these areas, contact the SRP MIC Behavioral Health Department at 480-362-5707. SRP MIC Crisis Intervention is available 24-7. Call Salt River Police Dispatch at 911 or 480-850-9230 to request crisis intervention. Although the past several months have been very challenging for everyone, SRP MIC's Prevention and Intervention Services will still host an annual Glow Walk in October. This year, due to COVID-19, the event will be virtual, which means they are asking participants to walk on their own. For more information, contact Prevention and Intervention Services at 480-362-7350. That's pretty cool, a Glow Walk, and that we do it on our yeah, own. Yeah, that sounds fun. I feel like I can do that in the morning when I go for my walks. So that's pretty cool. Next up, we have SRPD Dispatch Supervisor Marcy Thomas graduates from training program. Salt River Police Dispatcher Marcy Thomas began her career as a public safety communications dispatcher 20 years ago with the Gila River Police Department. After serving six years with Gila River, Thomas was hired by SRPD as the lateral dispatcher in February 2006. Almost 15 years of serving the SRP MIC, 
Thomas is the SRPD communication supervisor. Throughout her career, Thomas has shown that no matter how long one has been in a certain career, one should never be complacent and always strive for various ways to improve. Congratulations, Marcy. Yes, congratulations to Marcy. That's a great accomplishment. Let's uh, move on to our next story. And this story is by reporter Chris Picciuolo. SRPMIC flu shot campaign to begin in October. The Salt River Pima Maricopa Indian Communities Health and Human Services, HHS, and Emergency Management Departments will distribute the flu vaccine to the community starting in October. Due to the COVID-19 pandemic, the plan for influenza vaccine distribution expanded this year to provide maximum opportunity for community members to get vaccinated. Influenza, the flu, is a respiratory infection that can cause serious complications, particularly in young children, older adults, and people with certain medical conditions. Getting an influenza vaccine, though not 100% affected, is the best way to prevent the misery of the flu and its complications. To ensure safety when getting the flu vaccine, HHS and emergency management are planning social distancing and safety measures, such as a drive-up vaccination station, to prevent the spread of the virus. HHS is developing an information plan with community relations, and staff are being trained to be ready to assist community members. SRPMIC Emergency Manager Cliff Puckett said, The SRPMIC Emergency Management Program has had in place for many years a plan to distribute medicine to to the entire community within 48 hours. This plan, under the community's emergency operations plan, was put in place for cases such as a pandemic or a terrorist attack involving biological or chemical weapons that would require us to distribute medicine, either in the form of a pill or a shot, to the entire community in a short period of time. This is called a point of distribution plan. Emergency management in partnership with HHS and other SRPMIC departments over the years has exercised this plan and revised it as needed. When the community distributes the upcoming flu vaccine and eventually the COVID-19 vaccine, the POD plan layout will be used to efficiently vaccinate the community's population. Because flu viruses evolve so quickly, Last year's flu vaccine may not protect you from this year's flu viruses. The new flu vaccines are released every year to keep up with the rapidly adapting flu viruses. The Mayo Clinic reports that this year's flu shot will offer protection against three or four of the influenza viruses expected to be in circulation this flu season. The U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, the CDC, recommends annual flu vaccination for everyone aged six months or older. A high-dose flu vaccine as well as an additional vaccine will also be available for ages 65 and older. According to HHS Community Health Nurse Nancy Mangieri, RN, the flu shot doesn't always provide total protection, but it's worth getting. It takes up to two weeks to build an immunity after a flu shot. When you get vaccinated, your immune system produces antibodies to protect you from viruses included in the vaccine. But antibody levels may decline over time, another reason to get a flu shot every year. The flu vaccine does not protect you from getting COVID-19. However, it's especially important to get the flu vaccine this season because the flu and COVID-19 cause similar symptoms. The flu vaccine could reduce symptoms that might be confused with those caused by COVID-19. Preventing the flu and reducing the severity of flu illnesses could decrease the number of people needing to stay in the hospital. 
private manufacturers make the flu vaccine and take about six months to produce it. Salt River Pharmacy has already placed its vaccine order and will be ready to supply the influenza vaccine to the community starting in October. The community will have the vaccine it needs to be protected for the 2021 influenza season. All right, moving on to our next story. SRFD holds vehicle extrication training event. This story is by senior reporter Tasha Silverhorn. On a recent overcast morning, Salt River Fire Department Battalion Chief Mike Meek knelt on the ground surrounded by broken glass and debris, writing instructions on a piece of cardboard to place on an overturned vehicle as he prepared for the SRFD's vehicle extrication training. Earlier in the week, Res Hawk Towing and Recovery donated four vehicles to create two mock accident scenes for use in a week of training for the SRFD to sharpen their skills for managing a vehicle extrication situation. This training helps the SRFD when responding to motor vehicle accidents of a severe nature, explained Mink. In one of the simulated accident scenes, a two-vehicle rollover accident had five victims, four adults and one infant. Items found on the scene indicated that alcohol and drugs were present in one vehicle, and that vehicle's occupant was trapped. In the second vehicle, two victims were trapped, and one adult and one infant were ejected and lying in a field next to the accident scene. This is a critical scenario today because as you can see over here, we have two simulated individuals that were ejected from the vehicle, which unfortunately does happen from time to time, said Meek. When we arrive to a scene like this, we quickly triage patients. Triage is where we check to see how severely wounded the patient is and whether they have any life-threatening injuries. In this simulated accident, each victim had a piece of white tape stating their injuries, age, and vital signs. Participating units referred to this information to determine which patients were the most critical and who needs to go to a trauma center. After assessing the scene, the SRFD units quickly moved on to the extrication, removing victims from the vehicles using hydraulic tools such as Jaws of Life. They then moved the victims to a treatment area, a collection point where another unit of paramedics started providing primary medical care and getting the patients into ambulances. Extrication involves a whole litany of tasks. We have to stabilize the vehicles and figure out how to get the rescuers in safely without compromising the structure of the vehicle. They then have to get the patients out without inadvertently wounding any of our personnel or causing any further injury to any of the victims inside the vehicle, said Mink. The training helps the SRFD units stay fresh on their skills of incident command and operations for medical response to an accident scene. With safety being their highest priority, this training will help them be prepared to conduct the exact same actions when called to respond to a vehicle accident on Loop 101 Freeway, Beeline Highway, or anywhere in the community. To read the full story and more stories from our September 17th issue, please visit our website, oodhamnews.org, and you can read the entire paper cover to cover. All right, Marissa, you got you got anything else you want to add before we wrap this up? Mm, have a good day, everyone. Go outside and enjoy that weather. We'll catch you in the next episode. Bye. Bye.